<laughs> Dennis, how are you doing on this final happy hour of the Trump presidency? Here we are. Praise, please, Jeebus, let this be the last recording. Hoorah. And the last hoorah. Let's, and please, Jeebus, let, let Eric publish this before, during Trump's presidency so that on January 20th, we are all fresh with new material. It's all Biden all the time, <laughs> biding our time. Uh, it's Yeah, we'll look forward to that. It's interesting. Just before I came on, the House of Representatives had a vote Indeed. to impeach Trump, and there were 10 Republicans who went. There were 10 who broke. Last time he was impeached, there were zero. This time there were 10 led by. The none other than the daughter of Vice President Dick Cheney, who two days ago came out and said, this is sedition. Cheney, a few days ago anyway. So no shock in some respects politically that his daughter Liz Cheney in the House. Wait, she's the third. She's a representative. She came out and said, I'm impeaching. I'm voting to impeach. This is the absolute worst thing in the history of the United States. And she then told her floor leader to not try to convince anybody to vote or one vote one way. It was up to them. There was no, she was, and let it be clear that she was voting for it. And she brought, there were two others ahead of her. And then she brought, quite surprisingly, I say, is seven more Republicans with her. So now it's wow. 10. So in the meantime, you, you've heard this, right? Mitch McConnell, let Mitch McConnell's communications as tight as a drum. If something leaks, it's because Mitch wanted it to leak. Right. And what it leaked, according to the New York Times, was that he was quite pleased, privately quite pleased, with the Democrats' actions to impeach and thought that it was clear that the president was guilty of impeachable offenses, saying nothing to what he would do and when he would do it and how he would vote and how it would be organized. Why would you do Only that? to discover today, after two days of uh, widespread conjecture as to what would he do, the fact is he'd have to pull the Senate in for a special session. The only way that can happen in the Senate is if everybody is unanimous about it. If one member votes, no, I don't want to go back, they can't do it. And Mitch says, we're not doing that. Right. So he's got it. He's, it could start as early as one o'clock on January 20th, which is the moment that Biden will become the next president. And of course, when Mitch McConnell is standing on the stage with him, that's the first time the Senate could take it up. Nice. So he's going to leave it up to Schumer. So uh, maybe you can explain to me this whole concept of we're going to impeach him once he's no longer president. Or... So impeachment is a, impeachment is a, a finding of, of guilt or innocence during your term as president. Whether or not that determination is made while you're president or, in one case in history, and certainly allowed by the Constitution, after you have already been unseated. Because it is, in fact, the finding of guilt of a particular crime against the country. Right. And among other punishments, does not allow the person to ever run for public office again. And that is one of the reasons that so many Republicans in the Senate are going to vote yes now that Mitch, now that Moscow Mitch has opened up the gates and allowed them to do. And you already have four, up to six probably, and you need you need like 17 of them. So it's really hard to do. The signal is let the incoming majority leader Schumer deal with it. And Biden may say, you know what, don't do that first. We'll get to that in a month. Right. Let and, me get and the infrastructure bill passed. The last thing that... Like, if you could have given the Republican Party a magic coin that they could put into a slot to say, never let Donald Trump run for office ever again, they would have executed that as soon as possible. That's If that's what is dangling before them, then that seems a pretty obvious win. Like, why wouldn't you take that? Because so clearly he's, he's such a shitty politician, elected official, so, everything. Human. Shitty president. Worst ever. He's a, he's Worst a, ever. He's a scumfuck. That's my new term he's, that I just coined right now. It's another guy, one of his supporters, who was a banker who marched on the Capitol. His fucking wife called the police yesterday and said, there's blood everywhere. My husband's killed himself. He's dead. Really? So we're going to add that death to the mix. Yeah. One of the... He, fuck. Supporters. Yeah. And, and this stupid-ass broad from Colorado who's a QAnon... She believes in the pedophile eating Democratic communicate right. through pizza thing and is a gun rights activist and is says to the, the Capitol Police, 
who are now in full force with backup, put up metal detectors so that there's no metal going in secretly or even or mistakenly into the chamber. And she wouldn't do it. Wouldn't give her a purse. Next guy comes. So what do they do? They make her stand by the side. And then suddenly she says, you know what? And she's polite about it, but she says, you know what? You're violating my constitutional rights. I have a concealed weapon permit. I can carry this in the Capitol. And the response was, that's limited to your office. Yeah. You can't bring it to the floor. Uh, and when she objected, they let her in. What? They let her in. They let her in. And the next guy said, son of this is bullshit. And is arguing with the Capitol Police, who only a week ago, were the heroes that kept people from being lynched and kidnapped and Molotov cocktail. And they're they're arguing with them. And come to find out as well, yesterday, you know what they passed? It's a $500 fine if you don't wear your mask in the Capitol. And if you don't have it on when you come into the chamber, you're not allowed to come in. They passed that in the House. That's over. These cocksuckers were locked up in a fucking room and handed out masks in this crowded room right. where they're being held during the sedition. And they refused masks. And some reported they ridiculed the people. Yes. I don't have a mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now people are catching. What the fuck? Who's running this fucking place? Donald fucking Trump. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about something else. Okay. So did you see the last episode of Your Honor? I did. But before I before we go there... Okay. I wanted okay. to okay. talk about how, so you know how I have this, this contract where I decided not to shave until, until Trump is no longer yes. in office. And yes. so my wife is, yeah, fine, whatever. But then she came up with the idea last weekend. She said, wait, what if now that you have all of this, this, <laughs> this starter growth, <laughs> <laughs> this big starter growth, big bushy face. What if for the last week of your movement to your protest, what if you actually went to the barber shop and actually got it under control? And so we didn't have to look at your big bushy face for a whole week for a whole week. And wouldn't that be interesting? Like maybe we could investigate what it would be like if you were a beard man and had a beard that was trimmed. Right. And Right. And so do you think you need to hire somebody to do that for you? I don't know the first thing about this. And also, I don't really want to learn about beard trimming. I, I already told you a lot about this, but you, let me give you just one hint. Just cut it off wherever it doesn't grow thick. That's your beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trim up the edges. That's all. So anyway, with your advice and ignoring your advice and accepting my wife's, today I went to the barbershop and Did got a trim. That's what it looks like. And yeah, it and, looks and, worse than before. <laughs> How could it? And anyway, he cut off. A, I had a oh, whole yeah, bunch right. of uh, of undergrowth yes. underneath. He cut off the yeah the and soft part. Yeah. So, so he's so I went to this guy. He must be thirty years old, maybe less. And I said, "Hey, look, I've never been a man with a beard. For some reason, I have for a reason un, that I am unwilling to explain to you. I have three months worth of growth here." And I want you to do whatever you think is the best with this. I, I'm leaving it up to him, you. With You gave him his head, so to speak. Yes, with the total assumption that if no matter what he could possibly do next week, I will am free from my from my bond to myself for, for, whatever, for whatever reason. I can do whatever. So anyway, so I went and he cut some things off, but then he really, and he said, and do you want anything taken, taken off of the hair too? And I said, yeah, sure. And he said, what do you normally cut your sides to? And I went to the most extreme that I've ever had my my head uh -huh. cut to, which is, not, which, which is number one, which is oh. uh, pretty, <laughs> you, you pretty a mohawk, man. It's a mohawk. It goes straight down the back I mean, of your it, head like that. Yeah. Just like the top. Yeah. It's, no, it's, it's, it's nothing. Not, it, it's a mohawk. It's not a mohawk like I had at the beginning of COVID where, okay, first of all, it's more pronounced because you're, first of all, this is the first time I've had a professional cut my hair in four or five years. <laughs> well, Normally it's, it's my wife, got a professional Mohawk, and which is probably politically questionable thing to say. Now you have a horse's tail. I'm in favor of the indigenous people's rights. I don't know. So anyway, so I went and I had this done. And when I went to go pick my kids up from school, they, when they first saw me, the first words out of, out of their mouth were, stranger danger. 
Which I think is to be funny. <laughs> Hopefully, to be funny. Stranger <laughs> <laughs> which i don't know where they have learned that they've learned that through osmosis through some american media property right that has taught them that if you see a weird man right. you say stranger danger stranger <laughs> that's funny <laughs> and anyway. when, when my elder brother josephus was cutting my hair when josephus? We were camping one day i told you yeah joe i oh. told you this story where he had a buzz cut and i said give me one for the summer for our camping trip because sure. we're going to camp for a couple of weeks and so he gets the uh, fucking uh, clippers and zip 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 and hits and makes patches of bear hair all over my head both sides of my head whatever and they thought it was hilarious because he did it like it was 20 seconds right and he had completely ruined my hair so anyway i went with a mohawk and i had long longer hair at the time so mohawk was bigger right. and, and, and and taller right. and my 12 uh, year old daughter my eldest daughter 12 year old daughter she came up to the camp and she said oh my god what did you do and i said <laughs> what i said it's a mohawk and she said, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? And I looked at her and I said to I said, your friend over there has one. And she said, yeah, but he's 12. <laughs> Is that good or what? Yes. Uh, it, some things are allowed at different times. And, of course, he put a bunch of, like, product in my hair to make it all spiky. So yeah. there's that. Because that's what one does. But no, right. like this, and the other thing that he said is, so I have discovered in this three months of discovery that I have zero hair growth on my philtrum, the bit underneath my nose. Directly underneath. I right. thought the philtrum was the entire no. expanse north it, of your lip below your nose. No, it's, it's, very just, the, it's just the part between the two ridges. Ah. And... And I literally have zero hair there. I've left. I've so done no shaving, and there's no hair there. But this is, your suggestion is going to be to shave where there's no hair, and it's not going to. But more than where it just won't grow, trim it up tight to where it's growing the thickest, so that the expanse underneath your nose may be two fingers wide, and grow that just as long as you possibly can. Now, we would then change your name from. I'm not sure what is our from Maynard. Yeah. No. To Fu Manchu. Yeah, so there's just nothing there. So anyway, as we were, as I was discussing my facial hair growth with my barber, I I, I mentioned there's nothing growing there, and he said, "Hey man, all the young dudes that come into my to come into my shop here, they request that I shave that particular strip there. So like you're totally just that's what everyone wants now." Like, you're in fashion, man, with your jeans. They can't grow fucking hair on your filter. And I was like, all right, whatever. That's cool. And he said... Turn sideways so I can see your profile. Well, and he also said, don't brush your beard down. Brush it out. Yeah. So you can get... Oh, I see. Yes. See, so you're perfectly suited for a Van Dyke. I would take all the hair off both of your cheeks, and I would have a narrow strip from your goatee just on your jawline that joined with your sideburns so that you went... Right? And that and there was no hair in your cheek because all the hair in your cheek is a little fluffy, but it's pronounced in dark red from my view of it. If it's right. red or brown, now, I can't really tell. At the, at the moment, what he what he did was he said, "We're gonna fluff. We're gonna fluff out the lower part and trim down the outer part." So, all of this that was much more. Very, he's, he what he's down. doing though. What he's doing though. He's just turned this into a long term project, and it's not. It isn't. He is. He's going to see you two or three more times, and by then. That soft hair on your cheek will have grown thicker and maybe a little bit better. No, it's time is up. You want this cut the way that the best way that it can possibly work, not for future growth. Cut it, cut it, just like I say, two fingers thick, the same thickness as your sideburns, down your jawline. Yes. Yes. And trim it, keep it high on the top, but right on the jawline so that when you look at it, it's a very pronounced line. The reason it's a line is because you've cut it back to not just the edge of it. But into the rough. So picture a golf course. This is, right? This isn't the second cut or the first cut. This is you're on, the, you're on the course. We're in the fairway. Right? That's on the fairway. You want it to be cut that straight. And make no this bones This is great about audio content. And under here, underneath your lip, yeah. where you have, you have, unlike your filter, it directly underneath your nose, you have a, a sole lip. It's pronounced. Well, it's going in the cleft of your chin. Am I right? Which, which is very pronounced, yes. Which I'm right. And so... Same there. Cut that very deep down into that so it's very pronounced. Or this and that. And then you can say to your wife 
or to others or to me, this is the best I can do in three months. It, won't, it can't look any better than this, because what you're not going to say is, well, this is the way it looks now, but you can see how it would look like in a month. No, you got to do this. Take a picture of it, shave it all off and start over. There's no reason for you never not to be growing some facial hair, some part of your beard. One, sometime you just, you know what, I'm not going to Never not be growing. That's a couple months. Don't shave everything but your chin so that what you end up is a, is a goat. No mustache, no sideburns to speak of, just a goat. And no one's going to notice because we're all wearing fucking masks because of fucking COVID, motherfucker. It's like, what? And if you tuck it up in your mask, you put a little tiny rubber band on it and then poke it up in your mask. Nobody will know that you're the goat man. Do you remember the SNL skit? As long as I can put like beads up in there. You would be able to. You would be able to. There you go. And why not? I like the mohawk look. I like it more pronounced. You won't be surprised. It's not as high as tight as I would have it. I'd make it just a little bit higher and, and tight all the way up to the top. And then never cut that strip of hair. No, never. Just don't ever cut it. And eventually you, eventually you can just comb it back and tie it in a ponytail. Or, or you can comb it right. half, half to the side and half to the other side. You could do that. You could comb it all to one side. A mohawk with like a part a in the middle. <laughs> tie a fucking uh, shack glass to your ear and uh, stick a, a set of car keys in your nose. And you like, you look like a, a new waiver. Yeah. So I want to, I just, that just reminded me of something for some reason. The other day I was channel surfing and I can't remember, but I, I was searching for something we probably should talk about. And I had a space of time. And so I saw the Twilight movie. I saw they were playing all the different vampire Twilight series with one of uh, James Patterson. Yeah. James Patterson, no. who has since become quite a serious actor, and uh, Kristen Stewart. And because I was, now that they're so much older and so accomplished, I thought, I wonder what that looked like, because I did see it when it had come out. And what was interesting about it was the dreamy camera looks, the antics of the camera with James Pattinson to be just the dreamiest character ever, right? right. Like in the old like in the old movies, and showing his big, long, long eyelashes and his dark, mysterious eyebrows and his glorious green eyes. And it's so, such an adulation. Oh, so just to be clear, you're talking about Robert Patting- Pattinson. Oh, right. James Pattinson is the author. Yes. James, thank you. What is his name? Robert. Robert. Robert, of course. Bobby Pat. So he was just in some movie with another actor we've uh, talked about before, just the two of them in a lighthouse in in some rugged coast somewhere. And it's a two-character plot adapted from a play. Much, and much it's, it's you and me. It's, it's fucking lighthouse. It's built to become a play long after we're dead. Uh, it's only then that, that devil, we'll be recognized. The devil all the time. Because he's going to be Batman for some reason. Yes. And yes. he was in Tenet, which I have seen. Have we talked about Tenet? No, I haven't seen it, so I don't. Yeah. So we will, in the future, refer back to this when we were talking about Tenet. Yeah. It's always funny to see that. Wow. Your Honor. Yeah. So last time... Uh, the only you... reason I'm watching it now... The only reason I'm watching now is because I feel obligated to. I agree. I am with you because... I, I am so sick of the stupid fucking plots. I am pissed about this, and it's on my mind. Let me just jump in. So he comes home, and he notices that the picture in his kitchen is turned around of his wife. And he makes note of it. And but then doesn't he goes do anything. In his bedroom. Yeah. He goes in his bedroom, and he finds the picture on his pillow that somebody took of the edge of his bed and his dog. He apparently doesn't notice that the guy pissed in his toilet and did it and didn't flush the toilet. They, that was a empty-minded fucking scene. Yeah, right, right. Saves. And then tension mounts. Bum, 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 bum. Someone's at the door. Sees a shadow. Bum, 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 <laughs> bum, bum, bum. He comes from out of the kitchen. Bum, 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 bum. And Brian Cranston's head very slowly come out from the corner and where he sees the shadow. And he darts back in. And then who is it, of course, but his son, Adam. And he all oh, much relieved, Adam. And so that must have scared him so much that he forgot why he was scared. He forgot about the picture. Oh, he forgot about the he forgot about the, the, the picture on his pillow, the picture in the kitchen. And the next time we see him, for the second time in the film, he's making what really looks like a delicious sandwich. And he's got some mustard on some good fresh bread and he's laying down some meat. And instead of saying, Oh, Adam, why did you take the picture of the dog and leave it on my pillow? Which is the only explicable reason that he wouldn't have freaked out about it. Right. Okay. But no, he seems to have forgotten that even though he was 
petrified just 15 minutes before. And then <laughs> maybe he forgot. But oh, then with sandwich in hand, going around to sit next to his son to chew on their sandwich together. He sees that the picture, he sees the picture again that he never turned around the first time. And then he turns it around. So one would think that maybe that would remind him that, oh, hey, Adam, <laughs> by the way, why did you take a picture of the dog yeah. and put it on my pillow? Or, hey, Adam, did you piss in my toilet and not flush it? Why did you do that? <laughs> oh, Adam, somebody's been eating my porridge. Oh, Adam, someone's been sleeping in my bed. What the fuck? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. No no connection with the plot. The drama was fucking wasted. Yes. He was scared. You're so right. The beginning of it. You're what? so right. It's so terrible. <laughs> it's Really? It's oh. such and, wasted oh, acting because the actors are great. They execute what is on the script perfectly, exquisitely. But what is on the script is nonsense. Crazy. Adam, with a death wish, you can see that he's crazy enough to go on a date with the sister of the guy he killed. Right. Of course, they talk about it. And the thing is, if he's that crazy, why don't they make him crazy? Right. Why do they act so nonchalant about it? Why is she always dressed like she just got out of school with her Catholic <laughs> skirt and her white blouse and her sweater. Why does she always look like that? Even when it looks like a weekend, why is she still dressed like that? And explain <laughs> this to me. What is, how, hey, it was so meaningful. I was so taken aback. They climb into the old broken down carnival show. Oh, and yeah. And they, she and sits they there and they sit there. Park, and they find themselves in, a, in an abandoned uh, roller coaster car. Right. And she is talking about her brothers and her father. And he says, you love your father? And she looks at him and she becomes <laughs> instantly agitated. And out of the blue, makes a scream, which is as unconvincing as anything I've ever seen in my life. And what does he do? He looks at her and he smiles in love in his arms. And he screams too. And then they just both burst out laughing. Okay. End of scene. Okay. Oh, my God. So meaningful. And then he kisses her. At, in the Volkswagen and in front of the house to go in and have a sandwich. Yeah. What the fuck? Who wrote this dribble? I mean, this is out of, he's, he's, I can't believe that he's doing it. I really can't. I can't believe anyone is listening to our retelling of this dribble. Yes. Yes, that is total bullshit and should not be. Did you agree with all of that? Every single syllable. I agreed. Yes. Here's to you. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Amber Lager. In a can. In that case. Here's to you. Yeah. Oh, look who brought... Whoa, baby. So, should we? So, what do you think of my little noodling? Hey, 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 brah! How uh, I did some noodling. How can we do that right now? So, for listener, so actually, my father contacted me and said, "Hey." I'm looking at this guy that's on YouTube or whatever that is doing this where this thing where he is recording himself three times in different chairs in his living room where he's playing different instruments together with himself. And how is that working? Like how how, do you do that? how could I do that if I wanted to with the obvious implication that he wants to. And I said, that requires recording yourself first once doing something that is going to be the rhythm of whatever is going to happen. And then again, where you are presumably listening to headphones while you record the other track. And then a third time where you are doing the same thing and recording the third track and then stitching the video together in a way that you could, where it's really easy to make a video of four of you. If you are not crossing any particular lines Boundary. and by, and by really easy, it requires more knowledge of video editing than I have, but I'm oh. aware that's a thing that can be done. So anyway, he asked me this and I said, Hey, look, what you need, what you need to be doing is using the built-in iOS app called GarageBand. And 
and this is available to Macs and and iOS devices, neither of which you have is my understanding. And you can record different tracks and mess around with them and record another track on top of that one. And so just thinking about this and telling him about this made me it made it made me want to produce a simple little demo where I could show him what was possible. And so I had a couple it was less than two hours where I was able to duck into my office and get my guitars out and record a little thing. And did you do three tracks? Ooh, three tracks. There were like seven tracks. Oh really? Yeah. Of what so, you sent me? Yeah. So uh-huh. I so the first thing I did I figured out a chord sequence. There were five chords in total. And right. I was like dun 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 and then I went and I worked out a sort of melody that could go with that. And then I worked out a mel- like a contra melody that could go against that. And then I was dicking around with the different possible electric guitar effects and things. And so then I did another thing that was just like playing one, one note per measure on, a, on an electric guitar. And then in the end, I did some sort of very light lead guitar, we would say, over, the, over what was happening. And anyway, it was a fun thing to play with and practice with. And every time I play with these tools, I can see that, man, if I didn't have a a day job or anything else to do, I could see myself playing with this just all day long. Like, this is a toy that I could play with forever. But then my family called and I had to go out and go for a walk with my family and blah, blah, blah. And actually be a father and a parent and stuff. But it was a fun little jig. And... Maybe, if you ask politely, I might include that clip right here in this audio file. Because YouTube ain't going to say that this is not, that this is, that this is somebody else's material, because this is totally bullshit that I made. So anyway, here you go, listener. So there it is. And so I sent you words. You did. And, and, and how can we do that? Is that you don't, you're not sure what the, you're not sure what the nuance was or what the, you know, what the, you knew the tempo cause you sent the tempo, but I never know what you're right here. I have up now in my screen, do the lyrics that I wrote. I'm going to try to print those every time I print. Can you see that screen? No, I'm going to try to print that. But every time I print it, it shuts down the whole fucking Google. Why, why are you printing? I'm going to tell you something. Why, that why, why are you I printing, can, bro? See the words while you're printing. No, this is what I want to be able to do right uh, now, is that with those words printed, if I play the music that you sent me into my headphones, you can hear the lyrics applied, and then you can connect it to the music. <sighs> oh, there it is. Okay. You can't hear that, can you? No. Which is why this I know, is a shitty idea. Do this, no, and yeah, like we need we you need another moment. <laughs> I'm ready to do it right now. I have the words in my hand. <laughs> well, then sing. Hang on. What you can always edit it out. It's so fucking terrible. This will be edited. But the reason out. the reason that 
I'm excited for you to hear our fucking podcast, notwithstanding, is I think you're going to like it. Oh, I, I think you're going to want. I think you're going to want to do something with it. So, which is why I go. wanted to do this. Yes, go to do it in a different spot. Can't say the new year is better than the old. Can't see the warmth yet. Things are still so cold. Waiting for sympathy to turn dust to gold. Where's all the? It's done. Oh, it's done. Well, that was fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. You need, please, you need someone to teach you how to record audio on your computer. Yes. And be done with this nonsense. Or worst case, on your phone, while you're listening on your headphones on your computer. I don't know. Yeah. Worst case, I said. Don't. First, first case is with your mic on your computer. But anyway. Oh. Okay, so where was I? I was ranting about the. I got one more thing to say about the fucking Your Honor. Let's go. He goes into the. He goes into the uh, cafe where he always eats, and this, the scene opens, and you're in your cafe because somebody is making a delicious breakfast for someone, and you realize that you see an apron. It's a professional grill. They're making up this great plate of food, and then you realize that, of course, the writer is already starting in this scene to go in a different direction that you might have imagined, because the next thing is Your Honor. The judge sitting at the table by the window where he always sits, waiting for his best buddy who's running for mayor. And when you, the scene shows him, you realize after just a second that that delicious breakfast that was being made wasn't for him. So my first question was, hey, wait a minute. Where who got the breakfast? And my second question was, then why did you want us to see what it looked like? If you weren't going to let us know, it was just to let us know where you're in a diner. It's a real but diner. What about that breakfast? And so anyway, the scene opens and he's looking as he does. He's such a complex man. Oh, he's a good man. He's oh, this and that. But he's a fucking social fucking path is what the fuck he is. And you don't know whether to like him or fucking hate him. At this point, I think he's just a weak fucking narcissist who fucking, you know, thinks his son fucking walks on fucking water, whatever. And he's wistful. And then the mayor, the, the would-be mayor comes and sits down and touches his hand warmly, forgetting, of course, that the last time they had a scene together, the mayor said, fuck you. But everything's fine now. And they're joining hands, and then the next scene, you see the would-be mayor, whatever his name is, pouring all this sugar into this cup of coffee that that wasn't there. There was there was no wait, there was no cup of coffee in the scene. He it it just appeared, and you and I went what the fuck? And I went backwards. I went I would rewound it, and I proved to myself that I was right that it wasn't in the scene, and then it was. And I thought, wow, I wonder what HBO was paying for this. That that. They didn't want to reshoot the scene of him being Westfall, which would have went when the coffee cup was there. Maybe the fucking waitress was like a Robert Pattinson in Twilight and could move faster than the speed of, speed of sight and put his coffee cup there and disappear really quick. Okay. First of all, this is Showtime, not HBO. Showtime. Uh, Sorry, Showtime. But yes, the, it's, the whole production is very sloppy. As we have, like, you can go back and listen to all of our reasons why that is true. But yeah, but in, right. But like in the best movies ever, you can find little moments where, oh, his cup was half yeah. full and then it was more yeah. and then it was totally full. Like when they cut between, which is OK, whatever. But yes, your complaints are whoever's running that that set is being lazy. I agree. It's the director and the editing, the head of editing that decides what. With some of that kind of stuff, and that wasn't a big deal. It's just on top of everything else. And then, but, and then, but I suspect that they are riding on Cranston's coattails, and, that, and they know that this series is going to be a success, and we can cut corners here and there, et cetera, et cetera. So, so it's ruining him. So I want you to remember this part. Here's the question to open up up, up my rant. Here's the name of it: the man in the wheelchair disappearing. He goes in, he's got a box of groceries. He thinks he's got the bad guy who's bright, who's making him pay all this money, $222,000. He's got it down to four people. He, he coaxes the police person, the detective, to, to leave her computer in the restaurant so he can see the four possibilities of who owned the car, who's trying to get his money. And he and to get in, the, he, bags, he takes a box of groceries, and he knocks on the door, and he's, I'm, I'm here to help this old guy. Apparently, I don't know how he knew he was old, whatever he did his research. And he shows up, and, oh, it can't be him, but he finds out his son, Trevor. Is is stolen his car, stolen his Camry, and and the judge knows that because the guy invited him to sit down, and he's so alone, he's so treacherous and desperate. Oh, it's so bad. a thousand pounds of steel bearing down on my shoulders. He sits down, and they touch hands. 
they touch hands, him in the wheelchair, the old man, it's so touching. And then he says, hey, how would you like to go for an outing? And he gets him out of the apartment so he can go through his mail, and he does it. And then he puts him in a chair, and he's out in the hallway with him. And we never see the old man in the wheelchair again. Yes. He disappears. We don't see him when the dude in the Mercedes who works for the gangster Baxter is following him. The old man's gone. He, there was no outing. What happened to that train of thought? There was, what, so, there was so much plot invested in that storyline of caring for the old man that you didn't really know that you wanted to care for, but you're still a good person, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Hey, come on, old man. Let's go for an outing. I want to kill your son. Right. And I, it's... At the end of the day, I think that the desire, as you say, to think that because you've got this cast, which is which is a, a pretty good cast, but the writing is terrible. The writing is just terrible. They needed somebody to fucking live in the real world to get this thing cut. Yeah, and this there is... isn't there isn't an authentic New Orleans. There's very few authentic New Orleans characters in it. The judge isn't anywhere near an authentic judge. I've worked with judges down in in New Orleans. That ain't the way they talk. That ain't the way they sound. That ain't the way they act. The, the would be for mayor dude is pretty good, and then Big Mo is pretty good. Little Mo's pretty good too. But as far as the judge and his white Adam son, I'm gonna miss New Orleans. Oh Jesus Christ, Adam! My other complaint is how easy it comes to the judge to to lie and to trick people. Like uh, I don't know, like when he went into the gas station and was like, "Oh, I have this sub story about blah blah blah." And please, would you let me do this? And then as soon as the guy turns away, he's, oh, now I'm a secret agent. I'm going to discover this thing. Right. I don't know. It was weak. And it actually, I could write I could write the remaining scripts and completely come to the, the point which it needs to go to, which is that they have only suggested in ways which are becoming annoyingly mild that both Adam and the judge are out of their fucking mind. And Wait. they need to fucking, they need to get the Joker out. In both of them, because that's the only thing that's going to jazz this thing up. They're if both fucking judge woke up one day with the fucking Joker smile on his fucking face. That's the kind of thing metaphorically that I'm talking of. And Adam suddenly looks like Frank uh, Gorshin as the Riddler. It's something's got to happen. What if they're both KGB? <laughs> and it's all been a big heist. And I don't know. Yeah. yeah it's just and I almost turned it off, and I thought, no, I'm, I'm going to punish myself all the way through this. I suspect that, like a lot of these series, they're sh- they're, they're, they're every couple series or so, they have a new writer, we know, and they could get a good one. They could get a good one who could turn the event. They need, they need the writers from Dexter. And, I, again, I was thinking the writers from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul who have directed these people before. But anyway, I, w- right. I would like to pivot to... Pivot. Pivot, pivot. Pivot, pivot. To where I was going, which is... You talked about 30 coins, 30 silver coins. Yes. Time. And I rewatched the first part of the first episode with my wife, who is a veterinarian who has delivered... Uh, calves right. from from right. cows before and we got so my first watch I got about 16, 16 minutes through and I thought oh this, this could be a thing that we could watch with my wife because it's a Spanish program and she's Spanish and with her we got about 20 minutes through the first episode and she was like we can turn this off this whole re- the like church supernatural bullshit laid upon sci-fi I don't know like I it's a Satan Jenner it's just the whole Satan stuff yeah and, and, and what I what I loved about the what I loved about the part that I've seen twice now is where they go to the priest and the priest looks at what has happened and he's like you guys have been duped this is bullshit yeah and that's I am that priest I uh, I, I I agree totally with First of all, I like to box in my spare time in my closed uh, room. But also, this guy looks at the evidence and is, yeah, you've been duped. And I love I love the idea that a man of the cloth could, could be that skeptical and be like, yeah. But you know, of course, as the viewer that sees everything, that the, the they viewer. weren't duped. Which 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 one turns me off? You have to decide. You have to decide in the first sixteen minutes that you're going to accept the premise 
that this is a story that includes evidence of Satan and evil in general, and the dark side. And if, general, if, if that's a genre, that's a genre. It's, uh, it's been used and used and used. Rosemary's Baby is probably the most chilling, uh, successful aspect of that. And when you see that now, too, and the chanting and, the, and all the stuff, you see the genesis of Eyes Wide Shut, which is, it takes a lot from Rosemary's Baby, but this whole genre is also The Exorcist. Exorcist 1 and then the sequel, which I don't remember the name of it. I don't think it was Exorcist 2, but in the original one, that was fucking freaky. That was freaky. Yes, yes. The acting. But this particular episode was... I don't know. It didn't grab us, and we turned it off. Yeah, anyway. I'm now in the, in the third one, I'm not, I've caught up, and I watched it too late, so I slept through some of it, but it, you would find it predictable. Well, Magic in a exactly. mirror. Yes. The, on the other side of the mirror is another world, and you can exchange places, but I accept that because I'm looking at a film, and what I'm enjoying about it is the special effects and the acting, and the degree to which it does, in fact, make me jump. It does, in fact, make me say, Whoa! What the fuck? What is that? Okay, I can agree that there is value in that sort of response. But if the story is not all there, I don't know. You're either, look, this is why I've said it in so many words. You're either into it or you're not. I I ain't. You can't enjoy it like I do unless you're into it enough to be into it. If you're not into it, you're not into it, period. You're not going to appreciate any part of it because, and I see shows like that. I go, fuck that. I'm out of it. And I do that all the time with certain shows. I don't do that with this, with this particular one. And the thing that rivets but, me to but it I is wonder... the opening credits are so incredible that it grabs me. Yeah. It doesn't. It... Like that makes me wonder what sort of shows I am totally into in a way that other people think it is like meh. Right. Which. Right. I don't, Boy girl romances because I know you love those. I don't get into those teenage romance things. God, I know uh, my daughter G-rated. watches watches the most predictable, the most predictable bullshit on. I don't know what it is Netflix or whatever, where it's super cute boy is the stable hand and their super rich girl is yeah. you know, yeah. blah blah blah, and it's just this. The, it's just like the most softcore porn but pulled back to teenage levels. And I don't know, it's so, just the most ridiculous bullshit. So it, you know, the ridiculousness in, in narrative reminds me of the book I just picked up that I'm now in about the, the fourth section of the first chapter by John Irving. It's called The Son of the Circus. A Son of the Circus. Do you know it? I'm familiar with the Cirque du Soleil, but not the Soleil. So de... this is weird. This is a doctor born in India who has made it some of his life's work as a hobby to collect the blood of dwarves to try to figure out what a gene in their system or what is causing them to become dwarves and become known as the dwarf vampire. The fuck? But it's all done in a comic stream. And oh, you find out very early on, he's also a screenplay writer who writes all these famous, very largely economically rewarding movies about a guy named Inspector Dar. And he has actually changed his name as a citizen to Inspector Dar, and unbeknownst to you for a while in the thing, he writes all the screenplays for him, and this is discussed while they're looking at the dead body of a golfer who not only died without anybody knowing it in the hydrangeas, but also was pecked to death by vultures. And it's all done in a highly comedic tone. The fuck? And I'm like, what? Wait a minute. Where did you come up with this? <laughs> Where? This is... This is- a story about I can't even repeat any of that. You can't. It's you know what? The only thing I can think of that would be similarly like what the fuck is the actual reality under Donald uh, John Trump? Because it's the same thing. What I what I just described to you about the dwarf blood and the doctor and the tech that isn't any stranger than what if, if you'd say, Hey, will you give me a synopsis? Just two minutes, like like we did in the movie. Two minutes of a synopsis to Trump, it wouldn't be any less what? It would be all no, that can't Yeah, so as much as I would like to not have this at all touch on politics, I think we have to go back to what the f- I mean, so today, as we are speaking, they have impeached or have They've impeached him. 
So double impeached. And convicted. He's an impeached cobbler. And being impeached when you're not president means that, as you said, you can never run for office again. Yes. So. Among other things. Removes you from your current office. Right. And that's not their point. Here's the other side of this that I think is. Yeah, but is well, not, hold, on, hold, on, hold on. But he's been impeached before and not removed from his current office. There's two phases of it in the Constitution. The first phase is that the House has to find evidence of impeachment. And in so doing, they basically offer an indictment and they say, he is impeached. We found without any doubt by our vote as a majority vote that he committed impeachable offenses. This is our finding. Donald Trump is hereby impeached. Right. It's up to the Senate to decide whether or not you want to convict. The case I mentioned earlier, Andrew Jackson, he was successfully impeached in the House while he was a sitting president. His trial did not happen in the Senate until after he was once again returned to nothing more than a citizen. You know, with a little bit of benefits afterwards, which, of course, Donald Trump, if he was impeached, wouldn't receive. This is a million dollars in cash. This is a million dollars in travel budget. This is access to Secret Service, which they would probably still keep on him. This is all sorts of money, all sorts of stuff. There's the presidential hurry. All that stuff is stripped. This is punitive long beyond. And the fact of the matter is, here's the point that I make. This isn't about that as much as it's about the fact that the Constitution requires the House to impeach. They don't have a choice here. He has committed right. what anyone could see as an impeachable offense. They can't ignore it. They're not allowed to. I don't know why, Eric. I don't know why. They don't talk about that enough. They want to they talk about the end result bit of it. They, you do hear it in the speeches. I listened to many of them on the House floor today, and they were pretty much what you'd expect and a lot of quoting on both sides of Abraham Lincoln and Benjamin Franklin and, and whatever. And they took, it took fucking forever. But that's why the point is made that there have been other presidents impeached. None of them have been convicted. Hmm. Not a one of them. During or after, not a one of them. Nixon faced with it, resigned, of course. Right, which is, which, which is why impeachment feels so like a loose sort of a push rather than a slap like you've been a, a bad boy it's a hey stop doing that it's hey you're done it's it's not right. hey stop doing it it's, you're stopping doing it because you're done the other option they have is a censure and a censure as i mentioned last episode was is one where both the senate and the house say hey for the shit that you did we're condemning it and there's punishments and one of those punishments you're not fit for office right and that has the, the benefit and the quality in the senate of not convicting of impeachment per se, and perhaps doing a vote that could be done right away. But in the Senate, the complexity is that, as I mentioned, you can't bring it back into session unless it's unanimous. And, and, and so it's either way, what's going to happen is going to be happen afterwards. You can't do censure after they're gone. That's one of the reasons that's rejected. The so, impeachment is not only their responsibility. It's really their only option. So here we are. Last recording episode before the 20th do we want to make predictions is how many more violent uprisings and deaths will there be how will joe recite his will there be violence at the inauguration which is scary like i have a prediction i'm worried about that myself I have a prediction. The, the Washington Monument and the inauguration area is closed to the public. will be surrounded by the National Guard. Lowest attendance highest... figures ever. <laughs> no attendance. Invited people only. And Biden, of course, says, I'm not afraid of, of doing it outside. That's where we're going to do it. That's where it's always done. And what's going to happen is that outside of there, there is going to be, and there and in other cities across the U.S., at all the state capitals, there's going to be two or three kinds of things that are happening. There's going to be these amazing uh, discoveries that the law enforcement community has found that they've squelched and consistent in those same states that a, a huge presence when the chatter, when the dark web chatter is very clear about potentials and they will act accordingly. That's part one. Part two is there will be places where regardless of them doing that or perhaps not doing that well or perhaps not at all, skirmishes will outbreak and there will be reports in major cities of riots to some degree, but because the attention of the law enforcement community and the politicians is so keen, 
it will be less number of people they are likely to restrict. They may have curfews. There's a lot of things they can do because they are thus alerted. Here's the other thing that Trump fucked up a sedition. He fucked it up. He made it impossible for widespread United States sedition because what he did was he brought them all to Washington and they traveled from all over the country. The banker who got in his van and, and drove with his buddies all the way there and, and when he was clear he was going to be arrested, took a rifle, pointed it into his fucking stomach and blew his own fucking guts out. Mm. That's a soldier for fucking Trump. These are the, and they came all over. And so thus alerting the entire national interactive intelligence and law enforcement community, he's made certain that it won't be successful. It will be squelched. There will be skirmishes here or there. There will be a lot of reports of what they found and what they stopped. There will be arrests prior to demonstration. There will be demonstration. There will be demonstrations that don't erupt. But there's going to be a lot. This is 35 million people's opportunity to decide if they're going to go ahead and be part of this historic moment, just like the motherfuckers they see on the news every day, all day long, who did the thing that they wish they could do, and now they want to do it too. They want to join that club. They want to do it. They're going to go down. After all, they don't need to worry because their buddies are going to be there with fucking rifles and fucking guns. They're going to have in their vans hand grenades, Molotov cocktails, motherfucking pipe bombs. Those things are going to be intercepted and interrupted, and in some places there's going to be skirmishes. But when we talk on the 20th, Biden will be president of the United States, and anything that has happened is not going to change that. True, 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 true. There will be violence and death that will have happened. Violence and death, violence and death. Trump is the devil. What do we have left? Violence and death. Pretty much. Good luck, America. Dennis. Good night, mate. Good night, mate. See you on the other side of Amen. this nightmare. Have a great week or two. See you in the future. I can't go to the march with you, darling. I can't walk the streets of our town. I can't protest the actions of these devils and their actions. I just can't make it the march downtown. Amen. Love you, brother. Love you, man. Peace and good beards to you. Good beards to you. <laughs> Okay, that does it for episode number 93. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 093, where you can find an Amazon link to the book that Dennis talked about. And you can help support us at patreon.com slash happyhour. As it happens, we've decided to record one more episode while Trump is president. So let's just cross our fingers. God help us all.